Glory to God. Well, uh, good evening, everyone. Delighted that you can be with us here tonight. How many of you thank God for air conditioning? Huh? Especially in this humid, good old Iowa corn-growing kind of weather. You didn't know this was corn-growing weather? Well, it is. Hallelujah. So anyway, but we're glad you're here. Uh, we realize, of course, that uh, uh, some of you normally would be going to the uh, uh, marriage class, but Evidently, you've got it all figured out by now, so we just decide, you know, you can just... Was that you, Merle? Oh, okay. You responded rather, you know, vigorously there. Yeah, right. But uh, anyway, uh, we'll resume that again next, uh, next week. But we thought, with Matt and Angela being here with us, uh, that you would enjoy uh, hearing from them. Uh, they are one of many missionaries that we've been supporting around the world to help get the gospel out. Whenever we find a place where there's good ground, we start sowing because we know that there's always a harvest that comes as a result of that. So they're going to share with you. They've been out on the field for, well, 22 anyway, 23 years. Long time. They'll tell you that. And uh, But right now they're in Uganda. Uh, actually, Matt and Pastor Brian went to uh, school together, and they developed a relationship with one another. And so... Uh, uh, I met, actually met Angela and, and uh, Matt a couple of years ago at a leadership conference that we attended together. And so uh, we've had a little bit of a chance, I guess, to get to know each other uh, briefly. Uh, but we are so delighted that they could be here with us tonight. So we're going to have a great time. Uh, they've got some things that they're going to share with you. They do have a product table out there, and maybe Angela or uh, Matt will share a little bit with you about what's there and so on and so forth. And you can take a look at that, and then uh, I believe you'll be blessed. Amen. We're uh, glad to have the kids in uh, with, uh, with us in the service. We thought that would be a great opportunity for you because the reality is, is that uh, the ministry that Matt and Angela have in Uganda is toward young people, and they'll probably share a little bit with you about that and so on and so forth. So anyway, if you would please help me to give them a warm welcome as Matt comes to the pulpit tonight. Bless you, my brother. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor. We're delighted to be with you guys, and um, we're honored to uh, be a part of what God is doing in this church and what you guys are doing all the way overseas. I'm going to have my wife come up and our family. She'll introduce the kids to you guys. Good evening. We're so happy to be here with you guys. This is our second time to Iowa. <laughs> we came one other time. We were passing through to Nebraska, but this time we stopped. <laughs> so thanks for giving us a reason to stop, although this is right on the border of Nebraska. So it's kind of funny. Yesterday when he went to get dinner, he's like, yeah, I just went to Nebraska to get dinner, and then I came back to Iowa. <laughs> I'm like, oh, gosh, that sounds so funny. Um, yeah, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for um, just partnering with us. You know, we couldn't do what we do without you guys supporting us in prayer and with your finances. So thank you very much. And, you know, everything that we do is credited to your account as well because you are partnering with us. So thank you for investing in us and the young people that we work with in Africa. So I'll just introduce quickly, this is Alexis. Our oldest, she's 13, and this is Mariah, she's 11. And they were both born in Africa. And they probably don't wanna stay up here, so you're welcome to sit down if you want. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've been in Africa for 19 years, 
and um, our heart and our passion is for youth and college students. So that is what we've been doing for all of these years. God has called us to the young people, the next generation leaders, the influencers, um, and we absolutely love it. And hopefully, I don't know if he'll ever call us to older people, but I'm like, I am content to stay right where I'm at. <laughs> I, I, I love that age group, we love it. And um, in Uganda, 72% of the nation is under the age of 30. So we're the second youngest population in the world. So because of AIDS and war and poverty, a lot of the parents have died off. So we do have a lot of orphans. One in 10 is an orphan. So even a lot of the youth that we work with, and even we find you know, kids that get opportunity to go to college, maybe they got a scholarship or something, some of those are even orphans. Like we have one that just recently joined our staff and she was an orphan and it's just by the grace of God that she was able to go to college and she graduated in law school. She's a lawyer, but she decided to come and serve in the ministry <laughs> with us. So it's amazing. Um, yeah, so um, there's like four major areas of our ministry that we do to reach out to this age group. So our heart is discipleship and leadership development. And so on Friday nights, we have campus ministry. So we've got a couple different locations at different college universities where we do um, like a Friday night service for those guys. So our heart is really to reach these students when they go to college. And there's a lot of distractions, <laughs> a lot of temptations. You know, they're, they're coming into their own freedom and not knowing you know, necessarily how to handle all of that. So we love to just meet them right there at the college campus and get them plugged in to our fellowship. And we have a whole community that we stay connected with them so that they can really follow Christ instead of going the other way. Um, and so we do that every Friday. Then we also have um, a leadership academy. So that's a nine-month in-depth leadership training program that's all Bible-based that we do for people that want to go on a deeper level with their leadership and just growing in their walk with Christ. Um, and then we also have our high school ministry. So when these guys go through this um, leadership program, a lot of them then will want to train to go and be mentors in the high school program. So we go into public high schools, praise the Lord, they've given us <laughs> open doors and we have a purity program. So my husband and I wrote this book when we were in South Africa years ago. And um, it's a 10-week lesson that we go in and we teach students about purity and how to walk pure and save sex until marriage and to follow God's plan for their life so they don't get AIDS and die and then they don't fulfill their purpose. Um, and God has just given us such favor. We've reached more than 10,000 students all across Uganda and it just continues to increase every year and we're just so grateful for that opportunity. And then the other thing we do is called ongoing mentorship. So these guys, after they come through, we see them in college, we stay connected with them, we do alumni events. And then even as they move on, some of them, you know, they go into different careers. Um, we just follow up with them to partner with them in any way we can. One of the young men, he um, felt called to go back to his village, which is like four hours out of the city. We live in the big crazy city. And he, went, he was called but to go back to his village. It's like a very rural area. There's no electricity, no running water, you know, just huts and all that. <laughs> Your typical thing you would think Africa is like. And um, 
he started a school. God put it on his heart to start a school for those kids in the community because they didn't have one. And, um, and so we partner with him by bringing supplies. You know, we've helped them to get benches for their school, build chalkboards, you know, those kinds of things. Um, so he's just one of many that we um, partner with, you know, with our alumni that we continue to work with. Um, but I think that's pretty much it. I just want to say thank you again because we really need you to partner with us. And so we thank you so much for your sacrifice, your sacrificial giving, your sacrificial prayers. And we are honored that you are partners with us. Yeah, I believe we have a short video we're going to show you guys now. How do you bring change to a nation that has the youngest population in the world? Where millions are in poverty and disease. Shouldn't there be a way forward to help change this? Now, by teaching people that through the grace of God, their lives can change. These young adults need to hear that God heals, restores, and provides. By providing young people with spiritual guidance, we are setting a platform for God's plan upon their lives. The problems that plague most of the youth we are dealing with are fatherlessness and motherlessness because of disease and poverty. In a land of unfathered youth, we are raising up the next generation of leaders to take Africa into a new era. It is our goal to reach out to the young people of Uganda. We meet them right where they are, at their homes, schools, campuses, and universities. It's amazing to see how their talents, passions, and relationships continue to be strengthened as they act on God's Word, knowing that through trials, God will always be the constant in their lives. Imagine the impact that a generation of Christian leaders can make in this nation. For a first step to a better nation starts with raising up godly leaders that have the desire to serve their families, schools, and communities by doing the work of the ministry. So, we invite you to partner with us and support the great future that God has for Uganda. So we want to thank you so much for making a difference all the way in Kampala, Uganda. You guys have made a difference in Africa. And uh, not only are you reaching Kampala, but we, we do a camp every year where hundreds of campus students come out, uh, just college students. We had over 22 different nations represented in East Africa with Tanzania, Ethiopia, Eritrea, where kids go to school and they learn the gospel at the same time that they're going to university. So we want to thank you for the impact that this church is making and pastor and uh, mom thank you for sewing into us so much and believing in what we're doing all the way overseas uh, to make an impact and you have direct impact with what's happening there and the, like my wife said it's going to be added to your account amen you believe that tonight you do 
Why don't you stand with me to your feet, and I'm going to pray, and I've prayed about a few things, but I'm going to share the word today with you, and just the word that the Lord put in my heart. Amen. Why don't you lift your hands all over this place. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy today, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to hear from you today, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you would speak to us, Father, Lord, clearly, that you would speak to us directly, Father, Lord. For you said thy entrance of that word bring light and understanding, Lord. So we thank you for you, Father, speaking to us, giving us divine revelation today in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated today. You know, what I love about this generation, Pastor, is, is this generation is a fearless generation. Uh, I, I was on YouTube a little bit ago watching something, and it's called the Yes Theory. But what they'll do is they'll go pick up people just at the airport and say, you want to go to Paris right now? Change your flight and just come with me. Or they'll find the DoorDash guy, and they'll be like, hey, you want to go skydive with us? And we have a fearless generation. And God is maybe raising up people within this church to step out into new things. And I want to share with you guys a little bit about Abraham today. If you have your Bible, you can open up to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 8. And we're going to talk about Abraham a little bit. The Bible says, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed even though he did not know where he was going. The Bible says that Abraham began to step, he began to move toward a direction when it didn't make sense. Tell your neighbor when it doesn't make sense. You know, maybe God is calling us to step out. Here's Abraham, the Lord instructed him, gather all your maids, all your family, and to begin to move and to step out to an unknown land. The Bible says unknown is uh, not known, not identified. It is stepping out of a comfort situation into the unknown. And I don't know about you, but for me, I thought I was just going to go. Me and Brian went to school together. I thought I'd just go home and be a youth pastor and everything would be fine. But my number came up. Tell your neighbor his number came up. And God began to speak to me about trusting him about the unknown. The Bible says here in Hebrews, it says, By trusting, Abraham obeyed after being called to go out to a place which God would give to him as a possession. Indeed, he went out without knowing where he was going. You know, God is looking for someone that will go for him. In these texts, we can see that Abraham was the first missionary that was ever sent by the Lord. It's very quiet. Is it always quiet like this, Pastor? Okay. I don't, I'm not used to it. Little amens. Once in a while, maybe my daughter will do it, eh? Let's try it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. But, you know, Abraham was called to step out and to go to an unknown place. You know, God is looking for someone that will step toward something even when it doesn't make sense. God is looking for people that will move forward with him and move in the direction that he is calling them to walk in. And when I went to Ramah, I thought I'd go back and everything. Would, but God said, listen, will you go to Uganda for me? And me and my wife, we loaded up everything we had, which was two bags each. And we got on a plane and we flew to Uganda. We didn't know anyone there. We didn't know 
have any contacts there. We were riding, riding around in a motorcycle, literally delivering the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says in Ezekiel 22, uh, 30, it says, I am looked for someone among, among them who would build up the walls and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it, but I found no one. One of the saddest scriptures of all scriptures God is looking for someone to stand in the gap. He is looking for someone to step and to make the movement toward what God has. And I know you guys have been taught faith well in this church, but not everything that happens just happens because it's going to happen. That we have a will to play in that, amen? We have obedience to walk into what God has called us to do. That we have to step toward what God is leading us to do. Because nations await for those things. Amen? In Hebrews uh, 11, 8, here it says he did not know where he was going. God didn't give him the full revelation of where he was supposed to go. Many of us want the whole book. We want the whole end of the chapter. We want the whole thing. But God never reveals the whole chapter. He didn't tell me. If he told me everything, Pastor, was going to happen in Uganda, there's no way I would have went to Uganda probably. And I'm sure as you built this whole church, same thing. But he doesn't give us, he gives us small bits of information. But, you know, there's more revelation that God gives us about this story in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. You can turn there. And it says, the Lord uh, had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and you will, uh, will and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all people on earth will be blessed through you. It says that he is a called out one, or he is a sent one. And I wonder where God is calling you or where God is sending you in this new season of your life. Maybe this is a new season that God is directing you and he's asking you to step out into. Maybe there's things that are, need to be done at the church and you need to lead the cell group. You need to step into ministry. You need to open that business. What is it that God is calling you or sending you into? You know, in Romans 10, uh, 14, it says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Verse 15 says, And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? It is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You know, God is looking to send people. God is looking to send people to nations. He's looking to send people to cornfields. He's looking to send people to the city. He's looking to send people to the villages. Where is God intending to use you? Because there's been a season that you've been building up and that you've been growing in the gospel and growing in the word, but maybe this is now the season that he is launching you out. The Bible says to get out of your country. What are the things that we need to get out of so we can get into? Are you with me? 
Some of us, are, we need to, to get out of means to move from a sitting position, to rise up, to awaken, to move upward from ascending position. And when we get so comfortable, sometimes we're like Linus with that blanket. We're holding on to stuff. We've been in the same position so long. But God is saying, now is the time to rise up and begin to step into, begin to move forward into the things of God. Well, what about this? What about this? What about that? What about this? We don't have to have all the information. My first point for you today is that we must have faith that obeys. Abraham still didn't know where he was going. He doesn't tell him where to go. He just told him to go. Angela's mom, I'm like, this woman is an intercessor. And I was like, Maggie, what are you doing? She's like, I'm packing boxes. I said, where are you going? I don't know. The Lord just said to pack. You don't know where you're going? No, I don't know where I'm going. I'm packing boxes by faith because the Lord is sending me out. The Bible says that we will know the times and the seasons. Amen? By faith, we need to obey. Sometimes all we have is a word. God always does the right thing, though, even when it sounds absurd. Even when it seems absurd. He d things don't make sense. Jesus is sleeping in the boat. Paul is bit by the snake. They're waiting for him to die. He picks up spit, uh, you know, he puts a spit in the eyes. Things don't make sense how God could use some guy from Michigan to go all the way to Uganda. Things simply don't make sense at times. Abraham got a single word. He did not get a paragraph. He did not get a chapter. He did not get the full book or revelation. And I wonder what it is that God has been saying to you in your prayer closet and that he's been speaking to you about getting ready for you to go. You might say, preacher, what are you talking about, go? As we're intimate with God, we don't make our own plans. We receive the plans of God. And when you're in his presence, you're not thinking, you're conjuring up, you're leaning not to your own understanding, but you're trusting the Lord in all your ways and you're receiving what that is because you're intimate with your father. Hallelujah. And as we're intimate with God, he begins to speak to us. My second point for you today is what you do first determines what he does next. What you do first determines what God does next. He says, get out, don't stay, you need to show up, you need to stand up, you need to begin to move, and then the Bible says that he shows him in Genesis 12, 7, then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, go and I will give you this land to your descendants. And Abraham, we know the story, and Abraham looked up to the stars and those would be the descendants but he now begins to show him the land that he's going to receive. He just said go, but now he's beginning to show him because he did the first grade, he gets to second grade. But we want to stay in the boat and we want the third or fourth position, but we're still remaining at first base. Are you with me today? Say amen. We need to begin to move. Amen. You need to begin to serve in the cell group. You need to begin to serve in the nursery. That first step begins to open the doors. 
You know, we have this girl, her name was Agnes, and my wife told you we would go into the schools. We wrote this book called Walk Pure, and Agnes just came to our ministry and said, anything I can do to help pastor, and she didn't need money or anything, but she would go into one or two schools, and she would teach 50 students, and then pretty soon she was teaching 100 students, and then when she was teaching four or five schools a week, then pretty much she was the coordinator for our ministry. Then she came to me and said, Pastor, I think I have to quit. I need to get an internship. It's part of my university degree. I said, no, 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 let's pray. And there happened to be a couple from California that was making these sandals that kind of wrap up and down your ankle with leather. And uh, they actually have these sandals now and they're in uh, Macy's and Nordstrom's. And now she's the CEO over this company. And it, it, she, she did the small things. Amen. And then she got a chance to speak at Bill Hybels conference in Atlanta with 5,000 people that came from our ministry because she was willing to go into the schools to teach with dirt floors. She did the first thing, so she got to the second thing. You see, most people want to understand everything and they want to see the completion of everything and not walk by faith to step out to take the first step that God has given for them. We know in Hebrews 4, 2, it says, For unto us the gospel as well unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. Everyone say mixed. You see, we have to mix our faith with our stepping out in our obedience. We cannot remain in the pew. We cannot remain dormant. We have to step toward what God is telling us to do. Most people... Don't like to live on the edge, though. There's three reasons why people don't like to live on the edge. Number one, they're scared or they're fearful. Number two, there's no experience, and they say, I've never done this before. Number three, they've maybe tried it, and it didn't work out. But that doesn't get us out of doing what God has called us to do. Amen? God is looking for someone that will stand in the gap. That doesn't get us out because God doesn't call us to comfort. He calls us to obedience. Amen. We can be as comfortable as we want to be, but that if we're still not obeying, how can we have the hand of God flow through us? Matthew 19, 29, it says, And everyone who has left household or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wives or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. That's not why we do it, but you're going to receive it because you do it. And if it's just for one person like Aggie that we went all the way overseas, it's worth it all. Amen? The next thing that I felt like the scripture said is that in, in, in the book of Genesis, it says, I will make you into a great nation. Verse 2 says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. God wants to make us into what he wants us to do. As we begin to step, I didn't... I, I, I didn't have it all figured out as a missionary. I, I still don't, but God is making me through the process. Amen? 
The Bible says he uses the foolish things. In 1 Corinthians 1.27, says God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of this world to put shame the things which are mighty. So God is making us and he is using us to form us and knit us on the way as we begin to step. God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the people that he calls. And if you're thinking, well, I can't go, I can't do it yet. We have this one guy that's like, Pastor, I don't know any scriptures yet. I just got saved. It's fine. Just come and serve hot dogs. Amen? God begins to qualify the people that are called. And I wonder if that one step will unlock the door to that qualification and where that anointing comes on you. It began to weep uncontrollably. I'm like, Easton, what is deal? What's going on? He's like, Pastor, this is the first birthday cake I've ever received. I used to sleep in the closet of the church. I took as many pills as I could to try to commit suicide. And you guys are the first ones to give me this cake and to celebrate with me. But Easton, as he began to grow and work with our ministry, he began to learn media. He began to learn the camera. He began to learn how to take photos of people. He began to enter into his giftings and his callings because he began to step toward what God was saying. You see, God picks the foolish things of the world to be kingdom builders. He says, how can we have a church in the middle of nowhere in the cornfield? God is using whatever he wants to to get the job done, whatever way he wants to to get it done. Amen? And when we begin to yield to that, God begins to make us, change us, cleanse us. You see, obedience is not a location, but we walk by obedience by faith. God had called him to go to a place that would be later called a place for his descendants. Hallelujah. There's not a lot of believers out there that are willing to take that step. But I'm encouraging you today to take that step toward what God is saying. I love the scripture in Isaiah 6, 8. It says, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. What if the Lord calls you to go? My next point simply is that he lived upon a promise. Hebrews eleven nine 9 says, by faith he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. And he lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. You see, Abraham stepped out on a promise. You know, if I tell my daughter I'm going to buy you ice cream, she said, Dad, you said you were buying me ice cream. You spoke it forth. That's the word that came out of your mouth. We're going for ice cream. That is the promise that was spoken. You see, I am living on a word that was spoken to me to go to Uganda. When my kids get sick and they have malaria, Pastor, when I'm thrown in jail there, 
I am living on a single word that was spoken to me, that God said, go to Uganda, that I will stand upon that promise that he spoke for me to go, whether the finances, whether no matter what things look like that we walk by, the promise that was spoken many years ago to build this church or to step out and to go to the mission field. God is letting my feet stand upon a promise that was spoken over my life. And God is speaking a promise over your life. That he will be with you, no matter what it looks like. Because that is the spoken word of God that he gave for you. So we stretch out by faith. We begin to move by the promise that was spoken. Genesis 12, 2 says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. You know, there was a young man in our ministry named Nicholas. And he felt like, he said, Pastor, you know, I really feel like I'm, I'm supposed to go back to my village. You know, that was about six hours from Kampala. Everyone, once you get to Kampala, you have running water, you have electricity, you have things that work. And to live in the village, you shut the lights off. It's, you can't even see your hand in front of your face. And he's like, Pastor, but it's very uncomfortable. But I feel like I'm supposed to go. And I said, well, if God told you, he spoke to you about this promise You've got to begin to activate and begin to move toward that promise and stand upon that. And he, he began to, to build a, a mud hut because no, there was no schools in the area for the kids there. They would have to walk like five or six miles to get to a school. So he built a, 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 a hut out of cow dung and mud, and he put tin roof on it. He has 150 kids in this school because he's standing on a promise. Not only did he do it for that village, but he did it for the uh, uh, surrounding village that was closer. Now he's reaching over 300 students because he came and he had to walk an hour to our discipleship classes to learn the promises of God. But he is literally standing on a promise. You know, God wants to, our, my last point for you today is that God wants to bless you. Genesis 12, 2, it says, and I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. Why does God want you blessed? So that you can be a blessing to other people. The reason that he has given you the power to obtain wealth is to establish the kingdom of God, to establish the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Hebrews 11.10 says, but the righteous one will live by faith, and he takes no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. You see, God makes his promise not where he is, but where he commanded you to go. You know, when I throw the football, Pastor, I throw the football toward the direction where the spot is, and that receiver has to run, and he has to catch that ball. But it's not at the place where he is, it's the intended place where he needs to be. And because he's there, the blessings, you're not with me, because you're, the blessings come because he's in the right spot at the right time. He's at the place called there. The ravens will feed them at the place called there because that's where they need to be. You can pray, you can fast, you can throw ash, you can do overnighters, and you pray and pray. But if you're not at the place called there, you can't intersect the blessings. See, God didn't send provision to him. He sent it to the place called there. Some of you are not experiencing the supernatural provision because you're not there. 
the place of the unknown, it might not make sense. You think that I would be in Uganda? You think that I would be in Uganda? No way. What is your place? Where is God calling you? I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you there. If Abraham would have stayed where he would, he would have prayed and begged, but he would simply have not got the supply he needed. Joseph had to be taken out of that pit to get to the place of provision to be the prince to set every, all of us free at that time or all those people. And the simple last point for you guys today is that Abraham went in a family, Pastor, and he came out a nation. He went in a family, him and his family, and he came out a nation. Because of his obedience, it was for the other people on the end of it. See, there's this young man named Franklin that's with us, and he, he would play drums for us all the time in our fellowship, and he came to me one time and said, Pastor, I think I'm supposed to go to Australia, and I want to do medicine there. And I said, Franklin, I really feel like you're not supposed to go to Australia. Why don't you stay in Uganda and do medical school? And he began to pray about it and yield to just kind of the advice that we were giving. And that Franklin went, and, and now he's doing medical missions, and he just built a hospital in Kampala, Uganda, because he was playing drums for us. And now he's reaching thousands of people in his community. And that's what our ministry is all about, is taking someone from zero to hero so that the impact can be made in the nations through those individuals that we're raising up. So the Bible says it's the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, because God might call us to Kenya. He might call us to another nation. But as we raise up these leaders, they'll continue to minister so that they can reach other people for Jesus. You see, God made a promise to Abraham, and it came to pass that he began to come out a nation. Amen. I want to encourage you today. Why don't we, can we stand to our feet all over this place? Is that all right, Pastor? Maybe the keyboard player come. Hallelujah. Why don't we stay in an attitude of worship and just lift your hands to Jesus right now and shift your satellite dish toward Jesus. Try it if you never tried it before. Lift your hands to the Lord as he's beginning to speak to people all over this place. Maybe he's speaking to you about countries, territories, lands, deals, homes. I hear the Lord saying that someone even is to sell land in this place. Just to sell land. Take that step to sell your land and he has something on the other side of that. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we worship you today. We thank you, Father Lord, for the gifts and callings, Father Lord, that you've given to us. That they're without repentance, Lord. That we will obey. That we will listen to your voice. That we will yield to you, Father, whatever that might be. That we will yield to you, Father Lord. Oh, we will yield. Is the youth pastor in here, Pastor? Can you come? Yield. We're 
we're going to yield to the Holy Ghost. Why don't you just lift your hands to the Lord? He might have something for you today. Just turn this way. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise you, Jesus, Lord. Oh. The Lord says that he's going to use you in such a way that many kids will come through your hands for the nations. Many people will go through your hands and you'll say, how has this happened? How has this happened? But your fingerprints will be all over those kids wherever they go and wherever they're sent. For your fingerprints will be on my children, says the Lord. Do not despise the day of small beginnings, says the Lord. For now is the season and now is the time for you to walk in it. For I have ordained you and I planned and I have positioned you for my end time harvest with my end time children. For now is the season for that, says the Lord in Jesus' name. Just receive. Praise you, Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. For you'll need many laborers. You'll need people to lift up your arms. You'll need people to surround you. But I've already sent them. Don't say, how can I do this or how will this be? For I will send them and I will lift up your hands and I will lift up your arms. For people will be released from this place. You are part of what I've called you to do, says the Lord. Praise you, Jesus, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Can you, can we bring, can I pray for that guy back there in the Iowa shirt with the camouflage shirt on? Is it okay? Praise you.
Also, I'm just sensing if any of the youth really feel called for nations or called toward world missions tonight, I just want to pray for the youth, if that's any of you guys tonight. Any youth, any young people you feel called to be missionaries or called to go overseas? Is that you? Don't Don't miss this opportunity. Don't miss this window. Just take a step. the nations. That's you tonight. This will be a first good step, says the Lord. together for just a moment here. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. Thank you, Father, for your message to our hearts. That which you've ordained, that which you've planned, that which you have called us to as a church, as a people, as families. We rejoice, Father God, in the callings of God, as Matt said, that are without repentance. Father, at the end of that, there's great blessing. Through our obedience, Father, that's where the blessing is. So as you work within the lives of each and every person here tonight, I just want to thank you, Father God, for speaking to men and women's hearts about the path, the step, the direction that you have for each and every one of them. And while our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, hallelujah. Father, we pray for any person that may be here tonight that has never invited Christ into their heart, into their life. Maybe they've just been going through the motions and they haven't really made that kind of commitment that brings transformational change in their life. God, I pray for them tonight. That God, that in this moment, in this time, in this knowing in their heart about a decision that needs to be made, that Father, they'll do it. So while your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, no one's looking around. If you happen to be here tonight, you've never asked Christ to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life, we want to give you that opportunity because there is a heaven to gain. There's a hell to shun. And Jesus is coming again for the second time. So if you're here, you've never made that choice. You've never made a conscious decision to say, Jesus, I need you. And I want you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. Can I see your hand anywhere as I look across the crowd tonight? Anyone at all? You've never made that decision. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Awesome. All right. You can all look up here. You can be seated if you would, please. Isn't Jesus good? Boy, I tell you, it's wonderful. Thank you so much, Matt, for challenging us ministering to us in in the way that you did and not only that just encouraging us and you know sometimes you know you just need somebody to come along say hey man go for it swing for the fence let's get it done hallelujah because we're living in the last days how many of you know that amen 
And so uh, it's a real privilege to be able to hear somebody that said, you know, I'll go. And uh, he's kind of like Abraham, a little sense. He said uh, he went out not knowing where he was going. I mean, he had a destination, but what's on the other side of it is something else. You know, when Joan and I, uh, when God called us to start the church, we were in the same boat. We had no clue. We had nine months of Bible doctrine, and that was it. We didn't know how to do church, didn't know anything about administrative things or, you know, dealing with people or leading people. You know, leading people's like herding cats. You know that, don't you? And uh, when you're only 21, 22 years old, well, you ain't got a lot on the stick, but thank God for his grace, amen. And so here we are 45 years down the road and God's doing amazing things. So appreciate each and every one of you being here tonight. We're gonna, uh, we're gonna receive our, our regular church offering. I wanna mention to you that we, had a, we have an, oper, or, uh, an honorarium that we're gonna give to Matt and uh, his wife and family. But I just felt prompted, you know, uh, the last couple days that when we receive the offering tonight, we're just going to give it all to them. So this is an opportunity for you. You know, maybe you've been in the habit of, you know, giving your regular amount or something, but you're going to have an opportunity to sow into the work that you've witnessed, the hearts that you've seen. And I believe, praise God, that'll be great ground for you. So you can do it in any form. You can do it online. You can text to give or you can give by check or whatever. But I just like for you to consider sowing into their ministry because I'll share this verse of scripture. Many of you are familiar with it. Paul made this statement. He's talking about the church at Philippi. And you know, he's traveling. Uh, matter of fact, I've been doing this study on Paul here lately. And I just think about how many times this guy was rejected and how people came you know, alongside him, but then they left. He said, all of them have forsaken me, you know, and uh, he just, he endured a lot of hardship for the kingdom's sake. So anyway, in writing to the church at Philippi, he said, yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent to me, uh, sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I, now listen, not that I seek uh, the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. That I've received the full payment and more, I'm well supplied, I've received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent to me, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. So that's what we get to do here tonight. You know, and uh, so I just want to give you an opportunity to give consideration to that. And however it is that you're led in your heart, you can participate. And like I said, the whole offering will go to them and uh, we'll get them blessed. Amen. They've just got a little bit of a respite here before they go back uh, to Uganda in September. And uh, it's not really even a respite. When they told us their schedule, it's like being on a treadmill is more what I would really call it. But uh, that's what you do when you're a missionary. You come back to the States because of relationships that you have with people, you know, you try to uh, uh, see as many of them as you can and they got a, a pretty aggressive uh, uh, schedule, but that's okay. They're willing to do that. So 
Uh, ushers, if you would, please come. You can uh, make your checks payable to Fellowship Church. You can text to give. That will go there as well, things of that nature. But uh, let's just hold our offering up toward heaven or your device, however it is that you're given, and, and we'll pray together. Heavenly Father, tonight uh, it is our privilege to sow into the ministry that you've brought us here uh, this evening. We're so thankful, Father God, for, well, because they said yes, and they were willing. And so, God, we pray that this offering will help to facilitate not only their needs, but their future and the needs that are represented uh, as they go forward. And so we just thank you, Father, in advance that they'll be blessed. And as a result of our giving, we'll be blessed just because of your divine law. And we just thank you for your grace in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. All right, guys, go ahead and serve the people. None of you drove. I seen a bunch of you tried to get in this driveway so you come to church. How many of you did that tonight? Okay, yeah, that don't work. You go around. You got to go around. And it'll be, uh, well, they're going to pour this first part here pretty shortly. And then they've got some more that they're going to tear out and do some of that. Because uh, the parking lot down there is kind of, um, well, it's getting in disrepair. And we just need to do some improvements on it. And we're actually... Uh, probably going to change the uh, or replace the uh, steps. If any of you have used those steps, they're just not right, okay? Nobody takes a three-inch step. You're wore out by the time you get to the top. Now, I will say that my son and I put those in there, so don't, no judgment here, all right? <laughs> just trying to figure out how to get up the hill, that's all, on a hard surface. So we'll do it better the next time. But anyway, these are some of the things that... Uh, uh, just need to be uh, cared for, you know, as, as far as the church is concerned. So anyway, we're going to do that. But again, Matt, Angela, thank you so much. Girls, uh, I can't remember your name. Huh? Yeah, Mariah. She is a mac and cheese fan. We had dinner tonight and uh, she pounded the whole thing. So that was pretty good. So anyway, love you guys and uh, God's blessing to you as you uh, you're heading for St. Louis next and, and then points beyond. So let's all stand together. Please take uh, an opportunity maybe just to pass by the table there. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Those are things are for, from Africa. Is that right? And uh, so if you're interested in any of those items, you can sure check that out. So otherwise, greet those around you. Let them know you're glad they came. You can be dismissed. Bless you guys.